Sunday morning, reaching towards the afternoon, and me bopping in my ACU. Hold up, both cup. Show no shame in Jesus' name, man. When I say hold less shame, I mean hold less shame up high. I ain't saying gloat in it, but at the same time, don't be afraid to let people know what you've been through because people are going to have an opinion from the outside. But God saw the inside, which you know was more messed up than what they saw on the outside, and still let you in the door? Do you realize what that is you walking in? I hope you do. That's that forgiveness. That's that favor that comes from the one true God. So I'm saying come as you are because the doors of the church are open. This is church with a double cup. And I am none other than your brother XL Wilbur reporting to you live from your side. And yes, for all my recurring participants, I'm grateful that you allowed me to join you on your journey once again. And for all of my newcomers, my first time listeners, welcome. Welcome one and all. I ain't going to take for granted that anybody chose to listen to this particular show and let God work through what we're doing here. Because this is a Bible study podcast that questions God. And before I get my newcomers to run out the door with that one, let me explain. When we read God's word, it doesn't always make sense to us from the jump. So what we do here is take a chapter a week, we break it down brick by brick, verse by verse, and we put word on word. Theories may come across, some popular opinion may come across when it comes to interpreting these scriptures, but we're going to put word on word to make sure that we know exactly what God was telling us when he wrote this. Exactly what God's nature is, learning more about the Father that we choose to love. So with that being said, and his son, which he chose to send on our behalf, because that is exactly what we're doing, continuing the season, or the series, excuse me, the series, the reason, the reason for the season. Y'all know what month we in, and if you're in the United States of America, you know what I'm talking about. You did what I'm saying. <laughs> Other parts of the world, they, they celebrate it as well, but for different connotations. But we ain't going to get into all that. What we're going to talk about right now is where I'm recording from, the USA. The reason has been very commercialized. So Jesus seems to fade out of the picture more and more every year. So this is what we're going to do on this particular show. So I'm going to talk about the reason. Last week, we talked about him being spoken in a prophetic sense. Before he was even born, a prophet speaking, saying he's on the way. This week, I was blessed with something because I prayed on it. And God gave me a chapter, Psalms 1. And he was saying, oh, I am so overjoyed how he allowed the Holy Spirit to flip it for me at the very end of it. And I'm, I'm just telling you, but all of it is power-packed. It's only six verses that some of you who are biblically inclined already know. But at the same time, them six verses are six verses of steel once we dig this thing up. And once I start asking questions, yeah, the Holy Spirit opened up. So with that being said, as every great Bible study has to start, it has to start with a word of prayer. So please join me. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day's journey. Thank you for covering us, keeping us, and protecting us, getting us to this point where we can come together. Thank you for this forum, this platform. Thank you for me saying yes. Thank you for putting it on my heart to answer the call and do your service, to find your will, align with it. We are not perfect, but at the same time, we are in a place where we want to know more about you. And that's a start, because there are many souls out there who don't. But thank you for the souls who are here who said yes and said, hey, I want to know more about what you're really telling me. Life doesn't make sense right now, and we really need your help. So you're always there to provide for us. You're always there to cover for us. You're always there to protect us. and You're always there to lead us in a way everlasting. You sent your son for that. So we thank you that the Holy Spirit is at work in the world. 
It may not look like we want it to look, but Father God, it's all part of your plan. So we thank you for your plan, because your plan for our salvation was to send your son. So allow the Holy Spirit to do what it was sent to do. Help us to understand your word right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So as we get started in Psalms 1, I want to make a disclaimer for all of my people who are just now joining me for the first time. I'm coming from the New International Version, but if I do go to a different translation to push a point, I will definitely let you guys know for those of you who are following through. That's just diligence. That's just a gentleman in me. What can I say? I'm from the South. <laughs> so we're going to go right into verse 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. So with this one, I want to make it a little bit easier for us to understand because who uses the word mockers nowadays? So I kind of want to make it real for the people who are actually listening. So check me out. We put some speakers on that thing and we went to the amplified version. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God, for those of you who don't know what blessed means, is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or following their advice and example nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit down to rest in the seat of scoffers or ridiculers. But wait, 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 wait. The question I had was this. You telling me not to do all these things or sit with these type of people, but didn't Jesus sit with sinners? Yo, <laughs> all right, Psalms, you're going to have to help me understand it. Lord, I raised my hand. I have a question. <laughs> so we go to Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, going to give us a clear understanding. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with the tax collectors and the sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. So practically this verse isn't saying that we can't witness to the lost. It's saying we don't need to get corrupted while we're in their company. So when they talk about sitting with them, hey, it don't necessarily mean you can't sit with them because I know this from human nature, human observation. It's easy to talk to people sitting down sometimes because people who standing up choose, tend to talk with their hands a little bit more. I know I do. I talk with my hands a little bit more when I'm, when I'm standing up. So you telling somebody that the life that they're living isn't the most productive and they're happy with what they got going on, you likely to get stolen on. You likely to get punched in your mouth or slapped in your face if you're thinking you're doing the right thing, but the devil in them. You understand what I'm saying? It's real out here. And you don't know who you're coming across. But at the same time, you're going and prayed up knowing that God can change them the way they changed you. You go in there with the word on your tongue. Not your prepared word, but at the same time, you pray for guidance. It's there in the word. It says, yo, give me a word, give me a word in due season. Like, let me be always be prepared to say what I got to say in order to win a soul to you. So you don't never go in there thinking, hey, they're going to like me because I said something good. <laughs> no, I used to feel like that was the case. I used to feel like if I go in there and say all these words and be all specified with what I got to say and tell them that God told me to tell you this. Oh, yeah, I used to fall for all that with them older, the older people and people who were in authority in church. Yeah, I used to fall for all that thinking that was what it was supposed to be. Nah. 
when I say God told me to tell you something, I don't think I've ever used that expression in my entire life, to be honest with you, because I never feel that that's the case. I feel like if I'm doing this, this platform right here, I feel like this is the way that God wants me to speak to people. If I give you a one-on-one, I'm giving you like some real example as to how I know what you're going through. And people are shocked with that because you look at it from the outside, like I said at the beginning. People see the outside and have an opinion, but God see the inside and still lets you in the door. So I just let people know that, hey, I ain't, what, I ain't always been what you see in front of you. I'm still not what you see in front of you. You did. <laughs> it's just that real. So it doesn't say we can't witness to the laws, but it is saying that we should not get corrupted while we're doing our witnessing. And I want to show y'all something very interesting that stood out to me in the Message Bible version of verse 2. It says, instead, you thrill to God's word. You chew on scripture day and night. And the thing about it is, I was wondering, God, how do you chew on scripture? Like, why was that expression even used, chewing on scripture? And I had to think about it as a little kid, I was thinking chewing on Bible pages. I didn't understand it fully. But when I got old enough to want to understand more, I asked a question. And he revealed it to me right here when I asked this question in this study just this week. And chewing on scripture basically meant, he said, you want to get all the flavor you can out of my word. My word don't lose flavor. And you want to chew on it till you get all the flavor you can out of it. And I was like, man, that's true. Because it keeps you in the game mentally. It keeps you in the game spiritually. It, it keeps, you, keeps you ready. Continuing to chew on that, get all the flavor you can out of God's word. And guess what? If you need a visual, if you still not a believer in what I'm talking about, have you ever seen Michael Jordan? Watch a Michael Jordan game. And he be killing that gum, I promise you. That's one thing I remember as a little kid watching basketball. I wasn't really into it. My parents were Bulls fans. But at the same time, watching Michael Jordan play, I wasn't really focused on his skills. But I do remember them talking about how he killed that gum. Yo, when he was playing, he was cutting that thing down like a cow. You did what I'm saying? <laughs> All you got to do is go watch one of those games from way back when, and you will definitely see how focused he was in the game, and how he chewed on that gum. And we got to be the same way when we chew on God's word, when we chew on scripture. He says, I chew on scripture day and night. You got to have some awesome gum <laughs> to chew on it day and night because we know natural gum loses flavor. And that's just how, how beautiful the word of God can be. So we're going to go back to verse 3. And it's telling us that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaves does not wither, whatever they do prospers. How good would it feel, though, for everything, especially after this year? I usually don't like talking about current events on this show because I want this, um, this word to transcend time. But at the same time, look at it. 2020, it's a year. A lot of us will never forget. Do you dig what I'm saying? And how would it feel? For a verse like this to take place in your very own life. For everything you do to prosper. Well, guess what? It's not too far-fetched because he's saying it right here to us in his word. And as we go to verse 4, not so the wicked. Ooh. And I asked the question, Lord, who are the wicked? But it didn't give me anything in scripture. It told me like the character of what wicked is in the Bible. But at the same time, there's nothing that in the Bible I could find that says, hey, this is what wicked is. That is what wicked is. This is the definition of wicked. And that's the kind of thing I want for you guys to see, is to see it plain and in his word. 
Though it has examples of what wicked can be, it never tells us this is what wicked is. So what we have to do is understand in this context, these are six verses in a chapter. And we're just at verse four. And what has it been? The righteous or the wicked. As it is in a lot of the Bible. And if the righteous are the people who are in right standing with God, guess what it is? The wicked have to be the opposite. So as it says in verse four, not so the wicked. They're not the ones getting the prosperity that they were talking about in verse three. They're not the ones chewing on scripture day and night. So they're not getting, they're not equipped. As we're going to see right here, as it says, they are like shaft that the wind blows away. So if you think about it, the wicked are light, they lightweights, small fries, that the wicked are weak. We're weak even as believers, but at the same time, the wicked, they extra weak because they ain't even getting that power on them like that. They're not even trying to make themselves stronger with the Lord. And then you look at it, in a sense, I talked about it maybe in episode five, when we talked about it in Romans five, verse four, patience in turn forges the tempered steel of virtue. I broke that down in episode five to let us know that lawlessness doesn't make you tough as the world tries to make us believe. Having morals is what makes us tough. Having morals is what strengthens us for the battle. So it's saying right here, it's, it's supporting that very thing in Romans 5, 4, where it's saying basically the wicked are lightweights. The wind going to blow them away. But if we doing what we talked about a couple of verses back, chewing on that word day and night, getting that strength in, keeping our head in the game, us as believers, we got the upper hand every single time. Hey, I just pray I encourage somebody with that one. I pray you got that one. You did what I'm saying? We got two more verses in here. So as we go to verse 5, therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. So, that's, and that's also another backup to it right there. Righteous and wicked. And that leads me to a point. Listen, we're God's children. And you don't babysit your own kids. I hate when people tell me stuff like that. Like, yo, man, you babysitting? When I had my kids, like, very young, it's like, oh, you babysitting? No, these are mine. <laughs> you, know, you can't babysit your own kids. You babysit other people's children. You did what I'm saying? Unless you're the legal guardian, then no, the babysitting goes out the window. You are their guardian. You did what I'm saying? And that's basically what it is with God. He's like, we're God's children, so you can't, he watches over us. When he says watch over, I'm glad that this verse is what it is because this is what pulled the, this was what packed the most punch when I was studying. I got so much out of just this one verse. And it says he watches over and protects us. You dig what I'm saying? Just like with our own kids. It's not just about our immediate needs with God. He considers our future as well. It's not just something that's, I'm going to give you what you want right now. Even though he says, I give you the desires of your heart, I give you what you want right now. And you on your own for a little minute. Just call me when you need me. No, God is already considering our future. He is already considering the road ahead. What he wants is for us to do right by his word. Let him guide us. Stop trying to do it on our own. And truth be told, I was a lone wolf for a long time that left me in some lonely places. I saw no somebody out there can relate. Wasn't nobody on me but God's hand and mama's prayers before Queen came around. You understand me? Yeah. Big time. I need to make it real for you. So to make it even realer for us as we bust down these myths, I need to tell you something. When it says watches over here in verse 6, it doesn't necessarily mean from above. 
That's the misconception people have about God being in the sky only. God exists at our level too. Oh, it was like, um, XL, where you see that at? Oh, I'm definitely going to put some word on it because I know you out there. It's, a ta- it's something I got tattooed on me. It was a scripture my granddaddy gave me before I went overseas the first time. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So, when you look at it that way, if he's upholding us with his righteous right hand, right? We're not floating off the ground, are we? We're still on two feet. We're still on ground. You understand me? It don't mean that his promise didn't mean nothing. It meant that he had to be at our level to uphold us. That's what that means. God has to be at our level. He can't be in the sky upholding us or we're going to be flying. You know what I'm saying? It's just physics. But when he says that, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, he means I got your back. I'm going to make sure that you stand up tall. On earth as it is in heaven. (laughs) Let his will be done. Yes, until his kingdom come. Let's keep it real. That's what it's all about, kingdom building. And as we go to the Message Bible, verse 6, I'm going to look at it in this context. Check this out. God charts the road you take. The road they take is skid row. Direct correlation from the other versions where it's talking about the road you take being the road of the righteous and the road they take being the road of the wicked. And you say, how is that? Because this author of this psalm is talking to the believers. This whole time, this, this, this author has been talking to the believers. And the wicked have been those on the outside he's talking to in third person. Is it them? They? Those? So the road they take is skid row. And what makes this so interesting is this is a verse of condemnation, of course, but skid row is used. And anybody who knows what Skid Row is, they may not know, but at the same time, let's get educated. Skid Row is an infamous stretch of land in, a, in L.A. and Los Angeles, California, for those of you who listen internationally. And it is an infamous stretch of land in Los Angeles, California, with an overwhelming number of homeless people that reside there. So Skid Row is tainted, of course, because it has... It's, not the cleanest place, it's probably not the safest place, but it's an infamous stretch of land known all over for having an overwhelming population of homeless people. So there you go, and undesirables and things like that. So I look at the fact that he used Skid Row in this translation to talk about the road of the wicked because it goes to show God's provision because he even gave territory for those he's disappointed in. The wicked are those he's disappointed in, people who choose not to do right in God's sight. And he still gave them a stitch of land. Now that shows God's provision because I'm telling you, God's love is too great to leave us hanging, no matter our situation. He's a God of a second chance. He's definitely going to help us bounce back if we're willing to let him help us. And for those of you who are out there thinking, um, Excel, that sounds good and all. Um, but yeah, I'm not still convinced that this is what God is telling me about this verse. So... Um, you got anything else? <laughs> hey, I'm going to tell you like this. I'm glad you're here because, yeah, the Holy Spirit works. You ain't keeping me on my toes. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to work. So with that being said, Matthew chapter 5, if you'll follow me there, 44 through 45 are the verses. It says, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven, which causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the righteous 
and the unrighteous. So the ones that we've been talking about this entire episode, God has provision for them. It says right there, he's able to let his sun come up on both of them, the rain come down on both of them. And he says that because no one's exempt from God's love. He may get disappointed in some of the things that we do, but at the same time, he never stops loving us enough to not give us another chance. So if you look at it in Matthew chapter 6, verses 28 through 30, we hear him say this. We hear Jesus say this. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you of little faith? Because even then, it says right there, of little faith. So even with God being disappointed in our actions sometimes, even with us doubting him a little bit, guess what? He still said, I will dress up one of these flowers to look better than the wisest king I ever put on the throne in Solomon. Yet, I'll still give you what you need. I'll still give you what you need. I'll still look out for you. I'll still prove my love to you. You understand what I'm saying? And that's exactly what that verse is telling us. He'd, he'd do it for any of us. God's love is too great to leave anybody hanging. And I want us to understand something before we close out today. When we look at this verse 6 back in Psalms 1. If we consider ourselves righteous or right standing with God, we consider ourselves on the right side of God, this is not saying that it's our way or no way. It's not saying that God is trying to chase us to do the things that we want to do just so we'll like him. No, that's not the God we serve. It's actually showing that our way is aligned with God's way. His way is already established. What we have to do is get in line with his way. Then those desires of our heart are going to start to make a lot of sense to be answered because they are a part of God's will. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And that's basically what he's saying. He said, your, your path is going to be set because you lining up with what I already have planned for you. You're already going with my purpose for your life. And that's what I need somebody to understand right now. It's not about him coming to us. It's about us aligning up with the way he already has for us. Because the, the way we got for ourselves, the path we got for ourselves may seem good to us. May seem very successful and foolproof until life hits you. Then what you going to do? You got to go to the source, the creator of all life. And he's already got a way for us if we ask him, yo, God, what's the plan? We can go to him. Sometimes we have to go to him. Sometimes we got to be frustrated. Sometimes we go to him with a, the, the ugliest cry face, sob face we can come to him with. But if we come to him, guess what? God's going to answer. He's going to listen. He's going to pay attention. He's like, yo, come on. Let me work. It's basically what God is going to tell us in his own way. Then we go to put some word on that. To ring up everything that we've talked about in these six verses, all the power that packed inside of it. We round this thing up when we look at John chapter 14, 6. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So I need y'all to understand because I had some people been probably been like, yo, where's Jesus in this? You said this series is about the reason for the season. Where's Jesus? You just told us a bunch of quotes he made. There you go. As we get down to the very last verse, 
And we just talked about how this doesn't mean it's our way or the highway. It means that we're lining up with God's way, and that's why our paths are made so smooth. And why is that path made so smooth? Because Jesus says, I am the way. There you go. Pointing to him without even mentioning his name in the chapter. Now, that's God's work. I can't make this up. I'm glad you guys joined me again this week. We're going to do it again next week. The reason for the season ain't went nowhere. His love is still present. His spirit is still present. He's still watching out for his children. He still wants us to be one with him. He still wants us to love our neighbor and pray for our enemies and those who persecute us. That ain't just verbiage coming off the head. That's his word we talking about. So I need us to go live differently. I need us to consider some things. I need us. When I say us, because I still got some things I need to shake off. You dig what I'm saying? I didn't want to get up and do this show. I have those days when I don't feel like that. But I feel, but God gave me the energy. I pray God give it to me because somebody out there might need it more than I need it. You understand? Because I learned something from this. Every time I give y'all this game, I learn something from it. I don't study just to have material for a show. That's not what I do. What I do is I study to show myself approved, rightly dividing the word. It said that in his word for a reason, rightly dividing it. That's why when I come to this show, I put word on word. He just gave me a platform in order to do it with. I was already teaching young, young children. I've been teaching youth since I was a teenager myself. But at the same time, I felt that there was an adult audience that was only getting the word in a certain way based on certain agendas. And they were attaching the faces that were giving them the word more than they were attaching the word that was being given to those faces. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So I'm glad, I'm, I'm grateful for this format. I'm learning so much about podcasting and I'm just grateful that you guys are joining me on this journey. And I give, I'm giving out so much information. I didn't realize I knew this much about communication. But then again, I've been an instructor. I've been a teacher. I've been an educator. I've been those, all those things. I've been in the military for almost 20 years. Like Those type of things, those skills, they stick with you. And then to find your gift, to find out what you're good at, you're good at this. This is a whole new media for a lot of people. So if it, if, if it compels you to go do things to share your information and share your wealth, you do it. And ask God's blessing on it. Ask if that's what God wants you to do. And he will bless it. So I thank you guys for joining me. If you're listening to me on Apple, we're going to go ahead and get this economy rolling a little bit. <laughs> I'm learning about it as we go on. And rate and review. Definitely give me all your, your feedback. I appreciate everything. I don't have a hard heart. I would rather know what it is I'm not doing right. I would rather know what it is I can do better. I would rather know if I missed a beat or if there's something else I should read or some literature or anything. Like just being in a community of people who are believers just like me. Because I'm learning more and more as I get into this podcast and thing. There are people out here who are being transparent and are breaking down the word. And who are not necessarily breaking down the word like we're doing here. But they are bringing the word with the transparency in a real life application. Real testimony. They're not just reading out the book and saying a soft prayer at the end and then thinking that's going to be all it is. No, you don't reach me like that. Some people, it may work for. But I need, I need the people who are new believers who truly don't 
fully trust everything God says in the Bible and don't because they don't understand it. I need them. So if you know somebody like that and want to know what the Bible is actually saying and want to have word on word and real proof and those are one real analytical type people, those are the ones I want to reach. And I would do my diligence, pray for God to show me where they are. But if you know them and you're listening to this, direct them to church with a double cup. I call it that for a reason because I need people to know you can come as you are. That standard that we've set up for what it takes to come to church or be a believer, we made that up. God's word tells us a lot different. A lot of the situations that we go through, we'll be able to come to God firsthand and really appreciate that we have an audience with him to begin with through the finished work of Jesus Christ. So not to drag this out, I just wanted to say my piece. I feel like I have a platform, and that's what I figure people on podcasts do. <laughs> I feel a lot more free-flowing on my other podcast, Scare Titans. You can check that out as well. But I just don't want this to be one of them suit-up, cookie-cutter type of Christian podcasts. I want it to be a Christian podcast where people feel like that's, that's a guy. That's, that's a fellow believer who's being real about itself. I want to be real like that. I want to be transparent like that. Not necessarily want to be like me, but some of you may be like, dang, I thought I was the only one. No, no, we out here. We live in life and we love in God. I pray you do the same. That being said, I'm none other than your brother, XL Wilbur. Once again, thank you for joining me. Thank you for allowing me to travel with you on your journey. I pray you blessings in everything you do. Favor on your life. Bless. You have just listened to Church with a Double Cup, the podcast, hosted by XL Wilbur. This show is recorded in Wilbur Dome, North Carolina. The theme song is Church with a Double Cup by Jeep Reach. XL Wilbur can be followed on social media outlets, Facebook and Instagram under XL Inspiration and the XL Wilbur YouTube channel. Website soon to come. Thank you for your continued support. Bless you. Yeah, I'm leaving out the church with my double cup. Back to Rikers Ave, all my people know what's up.